Wandering Journo at Stories That Matter Studios. I'm Nance Haxton, and this is The Streets of Your Town. The podcast that takes you on an audio journey through theatre of the mind, highlighting a different slice of Australian life each episode. Nestled in far north Queensland wet tropics rainforest that stretches from the surrounding mountains to the ocean is the small settlement of Mission Beach. The World Heritage Area is brimming with natural beauty and incredible vistas, looking out to the Great Barrier Reef and the tropical paradise of Dunk Island in the distance. Conservationist Liz Galley has made this town her home for decades and sees it as part of her responsibility of living here to fight to protect the environment and endangered animals such as the cassowary from encroaching development. I stumbled upon Liz at her stall at the Mission Beach Markets where she sells beautiful silver jewellery she has crafted herself in her paradise home with inspiration from the surrounding rainforest. Liz, thanks very much for joining us on Streets of Your Town today. Oh, thank you for asking me to be on it. So here we are, right at the at the front of Mission Beach, basically overlooking Mission Beach, Dunk Island in the background. Pretty special place to live, but look at it. Look, the special thing about all the walks at Mission Beach, and, and Mission Beach actually, is that it's such a high biodiversity area. Um, people don't realise it's beautiful, but why is it beautiful? And so we've got all these different ecosystems which are um, on different landscape types. And, and so, you know, that diversity means that it's everywhere you look around, there's something different, beautiful to look at. And then, of course, you sort of go through the trees, out onto that amazing beach, and you're looking at Dunk Island just offshore. It's dreamy. You know, it's just one of the most dreamy places you can imagine. And, and those are the magic things about what is it, what is it that actually makes Mission Beach magic? And I think people should ask themselves that. Especially if you think about what Mission Beach is going to turn and what the future of Mission Beach is or what it could be or what it should be. You might have a different approach or a different vision to that, but I think just about everybody who knows Mission Beach would have to agree that it's really magic. What is it that makes it magic? And it is that natural environment that makes it magic. Take away. I mean, you can replace it with a built area. Like, just take a look right where we're looking now. And you can see that amazing... Incredible sort of outlook. Yeah, mm. yeah. And the, then when you see people walking down that track, they're sort of almost diminished as they go through. They're sort of part of a nature bubble. And then for some reason, nobody thought that if they built that little square-edged little shelter right there, that they would be totally compromising the nature experience that you have in this park and walking through that little track out to that big open there, seeing Dunk Island through there, that just stops you in your tracks, takes away the scale, takes away the beauty. So we've really got to be mindful about how we go into the future because the aesthetic is is the magic. We don't want to destroy what we love by... uh being there, I suppose, in a way. Uh, no, well, I mean, I think that we—I think that's a lesson that we've got to learn: mm. is that we can be there, and as long as we understand, you know, what are the special natural and cultural values of a place, truly understand it, then we say, okay, we don't want to compromise that. So, how can we, you know, develop this? How can we live in here without compromising that beauty? And if you think about uh, Mission Beach is sitting between two World Heritage areas. 
the developed area is in between that and, and a lot of people might say that oh, out there is, uh, yeah, there it is, it's the backdrop, it's the World Heritage Area and um, that'll always be there or you know, out there is World Heritage Area, it'll always be there but it's what we're doing here, it's this little area, this could become just a mundane developed area and then you've got that as a backdrop but the magic of Mission Beach is that you're actually within it and that's something that I think people who come from another place who don't have that quite and don't really totally understand that that's what the difference is, they need to know that and so we're planning actually through a group called Friends of Nini Rise we're planning to put out a newsletter which, um, you know we'll just let those people who are coming new into the area, uh, who don't know all of those things, we're planning to so just put that educational material out there well, It might so, be good for our Streets of Your Town listeners to get onto that as well, onto your email see if they can find out more about mission beach and all of what you're doing here as well yes absolutely no that'd be terrific because we're here in your little uh, beautiful little store with your beautiful handcrafted jewelry how long have you been doing this for i came to mission beach in 1974 and lived on the beach for quite a few years i used to go up to the gulf of carpentaria and work on fishing boats in those days it was a pretty free life and coming back down here and living on the beach it was it was um, the most magic time that i can ever imagine really and from there you know bought a little property at bingle bay and uh, started making jewelry just by you know experimenting and it was always sort of dabbled in one art form or another and so when they started selling, Helen Wiltshire Gallery actually was um, just open at that stage in the early 70s and I started selling jewellery through her gallery and so when it sold I'd make some more so it's sort of settled on jewellery as my art practice and combining the materials of lawyer cane which grows in the rainforest here um, and silver which yeah I just bought the materials and experimented yeah. It sounds like it's been a bit of a fight to really keep what you love here hasn't it? You mentioned you're you're the cassowary warrior as well can you tell us a bit about that? You called me the warrior. Look, when you live in a place like Mission Beach for that long and and you watch, you know, you appreciate it, you love it for what it is, and and you're watching it change, but not really for the better. You know, it's just becoming... it, It can become just another place. That's why I said earlier, you know, identifying the, the thing that makes it magic, and that's why the, the booklet that was here, Mission mm. Beach Naturally, that, that tells you everything that's really special about here, and you can extrapolate out. And it features your photography too. <laughs> it does. Mm. Yeah, so. You obviously I mean, love this area. So yes, well, look, as an artist, and, and I've been really lucky that I've been able to live a lifestyle and, you know, practice my art, and so that gives you the freedom to adapt to different things and experiment with different things, and so getting involved in conservation because you have to really when you you see something going in a direction that perhaps you may not you know you could see a different vision for the future and then you know you've got to start fighting for that direction and so I, I did start doing that and then it's combining so you get a camera and you take some photographs and try it that that way and be creative with that so yeah it's, it's still a creative way of expressing yourself and, and it's a purposeful way to go as well.
I don't know if many people know much about cassowaries unless they live up in North Queensland. I think the only thing they know is they're a bit scary. But can you tell us a bit about uh, cassowaries and what's so incredible about them? Yeah, it's unfortunate, isn't it, that um, you know sensationalism always gets the sort of the prime spot in media, and so unfortunately people say, "Oh, the most dangerous bird in the world." But you know, if you imagine, you know, you could say the most dangerous animal, and you're looking at a predator, you know, that might hurt a human being. That's one thing. But I mean, cassowaries are only dangerous in a defensive manner. And they are actually a naturally shy species. So they, their bright colours disappear in the rainforest, the dappled light of the rainforest. So if you see a cassowary within its, its natural environment, you're lucky, really. You'd have to sit there quietly and, and wait and sort of be where they're going to be because they'll see you first and they'll be in that... And you won't see them. And they'll just stand still. And I remember the first time I saw first cassowary, I bought a block of land at Michelle beach in Bingle Bay and it was a fully rainforested block and it just had a little shack on it and, and walking down the pathway it's absolutely magic and I was raking the pathway one day and I saw a movement and I sort of turned around I was looking looking and then suddenly I was looking straight at a cassowary which really no more than a meter and a half away from me and it had blinked obviously or moved a little bit it was standing absolutely still and then as soon as it, as soon as it actually became in focus it knew I'd spotted it and that moment then was the time when it actually puffed up its feathers and started making the honking noise where it's kind of a little bit oh you've seen me I don't like this yeah that was my first encounter and so they're an elusive animal to see and that 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 really is part of their magic in a way that they're not going to come rushing out of anywhere and attacking somebody they don't deserve this um most dangerous bird in, in the world tag are, really are they threatened now or what's their status i suppose well they're endangered mm. yes they are endangered and the threats to them are not getting less they're getting more if you can imagine that the whole of the wet tropics was a huge, big, connected mass of rainforest and the cassowary is in the middle of that, everywhere that it can be, and each cassowary is able to go in any direction it wants to run away from threats. I mean, threats are meaning another cassowary, really. That's how they've evolved. And they had to do this to avoid altercation with each other during all of those different things in their mating season when the females are moving around looking for different males and the males trying to keep their chicks away from other males and, and other birds and then in the dispersal process where the young birds are trying to find their own territories they've got to sort of try and find their own way they can go every direction and what we've done is we've cut up the whole of their habitat into these smaller areas and then within those smaller areas we put roads and pathways and houses and everything in there and so these cassowaries are still having to walk across the land to access their fragmented habitat they've got to cross the roads to do that because each one has a really large foraging range and so those threats that put them on the endangered list are increasing as more people come into those areas which left and of course somebody like Mission Beach is 
is really an attractive place for people to come and live. They traditionally used to walk just from through the rainforest. They, they used to forage on the beach. Um, there's very few places that they can do that now. And so even the places that they are frequenting the beach, there's very few wildernesses left. And, you know, if tourists get to know that that's where you go to see them, then it creates all kinds of problems because the birds then get fed and then they expect food. And that's when the birds can pose a threat to people. And unfortunately, you know, the management of that alone, you know, we want tourists to come and we want to promote it a place that you can see all these beautiful things but we also need the people who come here to really understand that it's a fragile balance that we have to keep with cassowaries especially we've just got to let them go about their business we've got to give them enough room to do that without interrupting their movement yeah it's pretty hard to strike that balance isn't it i mean what can be done for to help the cassowaries essentially and other animals in that rainforest environment when development is encroaching on their space Yes, well, I mean, that's something that we, you know, that's the eternal question, isn't it? Mm. But look, the most important thing is that once you recognise that these things are really, really special, necessary for the health of the community as well as the environment, as well as our economy, the balance, if everyone talks about a balance, the balance has to be the protection of that natural environment and understanding the ecology of the species that you're actually attracted to go and see. And so, yeah, that is about long-term planning. Absolutely long-term planning. And tourism in these areas shouldn't have to change every season because, you know, we need to give them different, different fashion. If it's food to, tourism this year, that's fine. There can be more restaurants that particular year sort of adapting to that demand from tourism. But the basis of tourism for Mission Beach has to be the natural environment and protection of that natural environment. Real appreciation. And I think the tourism operators perhaps could play a really leading role here in that if they're going to use you know, like that beauty to sell their product, then they, they really need to know what that beauty is made up of and how to protect it. It's, it's, it's a prime asset. Now, anything else that you have is, is an ascent, like a prime asset for your business. You would be you're spending as much money on protecting that as what you are actually presenting it. And the natural environment is so fragile that I think that we need tourism operators, we need the tourism bodies who are promoting tourist visitors to come to a place to all have that understanding and to make it conditional, really, on visitors to, to have that appreciation. And that means that you educate them. You, you, you have to have that knowledge yourself. You've got to put that education out there. It comes down, top down, from the tourism bodies, you know, the national to the, to the state, to the local tourism, uh, and then to the tourism operators. But the local council has a huge role to play in this, in that they need to really appreciate the fact that their long-term planning is essential. It's not just come one, come all. It's not that we need more rate base, you know, let's expand, expand. Development is the thing. If we want to protect the natural environment, protect our best assets, then we've got to find the right balance of what kind of tourism is there. And I think that slow tourism is is the label they're giving it now. It's sustainable tourism. I call it stable economy. 
We need the community first. Everything, you know, the community has to be looked after first. Get that healthy and strong economically. And uh, from that, you know, you can add on to that. But tourism coming first to hit the community is just never going to work. We'll destroy that, you know, the thing that people are coming here to see. And just because it's slow doesn't mean it doesn't make enough money for the community. Oh, absolutely not. And in in, I think the opposite. If you get it right, then, then you've got something there forever, which is, is stable. Stable for the community, stable for the environment and stable for the economy. Oh, wonderful. It's been great talking to you today, Liz. And so lucky for Mission Beach, I think, that you landed here in the 1970s and made this your home and that you fight for this area the way that you do. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity, Nance. <laughs> That was Liz Galley speaking to us from her stall at Mission Beach Markets in far north Queensland for this episode of Streets of Your Town podcast. Streets of Your Town is produced by Nance Haxton, aka The Wandering Journo, with production assistance from Michael Adams. That's it for this episode. I'm Nance Haxton. Stay up to date with the latest episode of Streets of Your Town by subscribing on your podcast app on iTunes or SoundCloud. See you next time.